Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Good morning. My name is Lauren. I am one of the preachers on the preaching team here at Seacoast Vineyard Church. Pastor Tim says hello. What up, Tim? You hear that, Tim? Tim is going to take the month of July to rest and research and really just recover. And so I heard that in the past two days, he paddled on his surfboard over eight miles. Good for him, right? Good for him. Well, I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump into this thing today. All right, would you pray with me? Jesus, we invite your spirit to this place today. God, we ask that you would settle all of our hearts in the name of Jesus. God, we know that you want to do a good and a holy thing in our lives today. God, I pray that you would give me the gift of teaching and all my weakness. God, I pray that we would walk out of Seacoast Vineyard Church changed people because of the way your Holy Spirit changes our hearts. God, you are good and you are great. And so I pray all of this in your strong and mighty name, the people of God said, Amen. Well, happy almost 4th of July weekend. It lands on a Wednesday, so I think maybe some of us are confused. Do we celebrate it this weekend or do we celebrate it next weekend? You know, don't we live in a wildly free country? Only in America do we order a double cheeseburger without a bun and a Diet Coke, right? Guilty, totally guilty of that. And only in America do we pay thousands of dollars for cars and we leave them in the driveway, but we put all of our junk in our garage. Only in America. You know, we have a lot to be thankful for here, don't we? We have so much to be grateful for. Well, we are about to start a new series. Wasn't our last series on joy just awesome? It's always a little bittersweet when we end an old series and we start a new one because the series on joy just really blessed me. I don't know about you, but it encouraged my spirit. I mean, even my husband, Ryan, who drives full-time for UPS, created an Instagram account called the Happy UPS Man. (laughs) It's all about promoting work positivity and blue-collar awareness, but it has impacted our marriage the way that Tim has just brought the topic of joy to our church. So I'm really excited to start a new series this month, and it's all about the topic of gratitude. And as you saw on the screens, it's called a gratitude intervention. Do you all know what an intervention is? Okay, yeah. Well, let me give you a definition for those of you that may not know exactly what an intervention is. It is an occurrence in which with a person who has a problem is confronted by a group, maybe friends or family members, whose purpose is to compel the person to acknowledge or deal with the problem. So it's an act of interfering with an outcome to prevent harm or to improve functioning. So both AA and NA, some famous uh, organizations, have been using the method of intervening for a long time. But you know, Jesus, Jesus taught us the concept of an intervention. Did you know in scripture in Matthew chapter 18, if you're offended by a brother, what are you to do? You are to go directly to that brother and you're to talk it out. 
And if that brother refuses to listen to you, what are you supposed to do? Well, all right, I need one or two witnesses to come on with me. And you take those witnesses and you go to that brother and you talk it out. And if that brother still refuses to listen to you, what do you do next? You take it to the church. Now talk about an intervention, am I right? You see, God's people are supposed to intervene in one another's lives. We are to continue to overcome sin and build the church and grow with each other and bring glory to God. And so the preaching team, we really felt like there was an invitation here for us to consider the gratitude in our lives and also maybe to consider the lack of gratitude in our lives. You know, at Seacoast Vineyard Church, we're family, right? And family members challenge family members with intention, with hope, and with grace. I know you guys are grateful people. I know you know that God has just poured out his grace on us. I know that. And we as the preaching team believe that. But our society, our culture, isn't practicing a lot of gratitude. And I think it's easy for us to slip in that. So we are all in this together. We're going to tackle gratitude this month. I'm really excited. And we'll have one central passage that really leads and guides the ship. So it is 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. So I'm going to ask all of you to stand up. And we're going to say this together as a family. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through 18. Let's start at 16 at Rejoice. You ready? Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Awesome. Well, as you take a seat, can you turn to a neighbor and say that today is going to be a good day? All right, you may have ignored your other neighbor, so turn to your other neighbor and say, today is going to be a good day. (laughs) Today is going to be a good day. Well, let me unpack the context of 1 Thessalonians here, okay? This is Paul's attempt to try to reconnect with the church in Thessalonica. Okay, so Timothy came back with an amazing report from this church. He told Paul, he said, hey, this church is doing really well. In fact, they are flourishing. And Paul, he loves this church. And you can just tell through his letter how much he deeply loves them. And so here in this letter, Paul is challenging them to live a life that is consistent with the teachings of Jesus. And so he tells them, and Paul tells us today at Seacoast Vineyard Church, he says to rejoice, and he says to pray, and he says to give thanks in all circumstances. And this was a command. This was a call to practice gratitude. But can we really be grateful when we are in prison like Paul? Can we really be grateful when we are sick or when we are hurting, or when we lost a job, or when we don't know where to turn, can we really truly be grateful? You know, if you've tracked with Paul in scripture, you know that he spent some time in Roman prison. 
And he's kind of famous for saying, hey, I'm thankful in all circumstances. So Paul is not saying, hey, be thankful that you are in prison. He's, thinking, he's telling them, be thankful that in spite of being in prison, there is so much more to be thankful for. We are not thanking God for the challenge. We are thanking God that he is working in the challenge. Are you tracking with me? Okay, good. Because God wants us to be grateful people. But what's the point? Why would God want us to be grateful people? Well, you know, grateful people are the happiest people you will find. The happiest people. I love what Brother, Brother David Stendhal Ross says. He says, for it is not joy that makes us grateful. It is gratitude that makes us joyful. Now, don't get this twisted, y'all. Don't get this twisted. Because I think sometimes we think it's the other way around, right? Like, oh, I'll be grateful when I'm happy. I'll practice gratitude when I'm really feeling good today. You know what? Gratitude you know, when we are grateful, joy comes after that. And research on gratitude suggests that grateful people, they exhibit positive states of mind compared with less grateful people. Grateful people report more life satisfaction and optimism. They report less depression, which is the opposite of happiness, right? They report less envy, and they report vitality. You see, God, he designed us this way. God designed us this way. He wants us to feel good and be healthy and live a life worth calling full of purpose and destiny. So we just spent a month on this, but it's good and it's holy and right for us Christians to be joyful people. Not because we ignore the evil and pain in the world, but because we know that it's unnatural. And we know that the evil and the pain and the suffering is only temporary. So as Christians, we know all that God has done for us, which causes us, right, to be really, 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 really grateful people. I've never seen an unhappy, grateful person, have you? No. They just don't exist. Even in our loss, there's usually something that we can be grateful for. God wants us to be grateful people. Well, if you have your Bibles, can you turn to Luke chapter 17? Luke chapter 17, picking up in verse 11. And if you don't have your Bibles, it will be on the screens in front of you. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus! Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Well, here in the Gospel of Luke, we find Jesus doing a mass miracle at a distance. 
He does this miracle from a distance. And this is taking place during the final few months of Jesus's life. He was on his way to Jerusalem. The disciples aren't directly mentioned in this text we just read, but they are watching all of this go down, which I find fascinating. So the characters in this story, we have Jesus, and then we have 10 men with an unattractive skin disease, also known as leprosy. Okay, leprosy was a big deal in Jesus' time. Oftentimes, when you had leprosy, you had infection, and you had nerve damage, you were disfigured. So they were outcasts from all of society. So they had to keep their distance from their friends and their family members and their loved ones. So we see Jesus. He's heading into this village. And these 10 lepers met him. And they cried out to him. They said, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. You know, they must have known that Jesus was a miracle worker, right? They must have known that he was a healer. And they had to have known that Jesus was divine. And so they recognized his authority by calling him master. Now, as you walked in, I hope you received a worship packet. On the back of that worship packet is a place for you to take notes. As Pastor Tim says, it's like a leash on a surfboard. Kind of keeps us on track and organized. And so our first feeling is this. Gratitude is a choice. Gratitude is a choice. Verse 14 says, when he saw them, he said, go, show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now, I want you to imagine this scene with me. These lepers were begging Jesus for mercy, begging him. But Jesus, he doesn't heal them right away. He doesn't heal them in that moment. He says to them, go to the priests. Well, what do these lepers do? They obey Jesus. They physically and literally turn around and they start walking to the priests. Verse 14, something incredible, something supernatural happens here. As they were walking, as they were walking, as they were walking, they begin to look at their hands and notice something. Oh my gosh, are, are, is your skin clearing up? Oh my gosh, is your face softening? Are your lesions going away? They begin to notice something supernatural happening with their disease. And these 10 men discovered healing as they were walking. I can just imagine the celebration taking place, right? Like them jumping up and down and hugging each other. And I don't know if they high-fived back in the day, but I'm sure they were high-fiving because they were really excited that their healing was taking place. What a gift. What a miracle. What a blessing from Jesus. So as they obeyed, these 10 men received a gift of healing. Now, what if, what if these 10 men had not obeyed Jesus in the moment? What if they had not listened to his words? Well, you know what? I think if we are good students of Jewish law, 
we would know that a leper can only be healed and his leprosy can only be verified by a priest. So priests back in Jesus' day also operated as doctors. That's kind of terrifying. WebMD scares me enough. Okay, so when someone thought that they were healed of leprosy, they would go to a priest. And the process would be over an eight-day thing. If you want some light reading, you can go to Leviticus chapter 13 and 14. And there are, there are processes of ceremonies and washings and cleansings. I mean, it was quite a process. But you only went to the priest when you were already healed. You only went there when you knew you were okay. But Jesus... I love Jesus because he instructs them to go before they were healed. Do you get this? Why is this? Maybe testing of faith, perhaps. But you know, sometimes only after we start walking it out in obedience does God intervene. Sometimes only after we start walking it out does God step in. You see, as the lepers were making their way to the temple, one man discovered his healing. One man saw his skin clearing up. He saw that his lesions were going away. And I believe that he was fully overwhelmed with emotion. And he must have been so excited as he thought about his friends and his family. I can't wait to re-enter society and be with them. But you know what? This man, he was not content with just the gift of healing. You know what? The priest, he can wait. You know what? The temple, the temple can wait. And you know what? My family and friends, I love them, but they can wait. But you know what cannot wait? Thanking Jesus. That cannot wait. Thanking Jesus cannot wait. So why is it God's will for us to be grateful? It heals us. It absolutely heals us. Check this out in verse 15. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. Where were the other nine? There are nine, right? Still in this story. Well, the 90%, they chose not to thank Jesus. They were on their way to the temple. They were pretty darn focused on the gift they just received, right? They were focused on re-entering society. They were focused on seeing their friends and their family members. They were focused on this gift that God had given them. And so I want to ask you, how do you receive a gift that Jesus has given you? How do you receive a miracle? How do you receive a blessing? How do you receive healing like this one man who chose to thank Jesus? A lot of us can say we're thankful. And a lot of us can feel grateful in our hearts. But there's another step here. There's an action step involved. Our second feeling is this, is that gratitude can be expressed. Gratitude can be expressed. Verse 15, one of them, when he saw him, he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. 
So this one healed leper goes back to Jesus and he thanks him in a what voice? Okay, a what voice? A loud voice. He thanks him. And in Greek, this word loud means great emotion. Great emotion. And this word is where we get our word for megaphone. So this man with a great megaphone of a voice came back to Jesus and thanked him. Well, my parents for my 21st birthday asked me, hey, Lauren, what do you want for your birthday? Well, what's a girl to do on her 21st birthday? I asked for a megaphone. In fact, I still have it. Five, six years later, What good memories I have with this megaphone. What good memories. So what I really like to do with this megaphone is I like to keep it in my vehicle. And if I see anything sketchy happening, hey, hey you, you shouldn't be doing that sketchy thing. And I yell at them out my car window. Some, some of you over here have been yelled at me by my megaphone. Mm-hmm, Rachel. And if I still see sketchy activities happening, okay, that's not enough. I'm serious. I love this megaphone. It was such a great gift for my parents. But that's just an illustration of this man, right, who expressed with great emotion to Jesus his gratitude, his thankfulness. His never-ending praise. And I love that. In a loud voice, this man thanks Jesus. I don't know if you noticed this, but ten men prayed. And only one man praised. Ten men prayed, and only one man praised. And the one that praised happened to be a non-Jew. So according to Luke... He was a double outsider. So not only was he a leper, but he was a Samaritan. No Samaritan would have ever gotten that close to a Jew, much less a Jewish rabbi. You know, they didn't really get along, Samaritans and Jews. But this leper, once his perspective changed, his idea shifted of Jesus. Because not only did his perspective change, but literally and physically, his direction changed. He was heading to the priest. He was going to re-enter society. He was going to see his friends and family. But you know what? That can wait. Because I've got to turn around and I have got to go thank Jesus. You know, the other nine were most likely thankful. They were most likely grateful people. But they didn't return to express their gratitude. So why should we express our gratitude? It takes us somewhere. Because the one healed leper got a lot more than the other nine got. If you notice, this one healed leper falls at Jesus' feet. He falls. That was unheard of. And Jesus, in all his loving kindness, he doesn't shove off the healed leper. 
He doesn't dismiss his gratitude. He doesn't say, oh, it's no big deal. Jesus, in all his loving kindness, he says, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. And this is an example far greater than physical healing. This healing comes through gratitude. And if we truly grasp God's grace, I think we would fall on our knees and we would probably start weeping. And then we would get up like this man and start jumping up and down and crying and laughing and grabbing each other's faces in our hands and saying, oh my gosh, we are healed. We are forgiven. This is unbelievable. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We would truly do that. And so I want to ask you today, how do you show gratitude? How do you show it? How do you express it? Are you like this one healed leper that falls at Jesus' feet and just thanks him? I mean, scripture clearly tells us we are to express our gratitude, not just store it in our hearts, not just keep it to ourselves. We are to express it verbally and with our behavior. So maybe there's someone in your life that has greatly impacted you. Well, I want to encourage you. What would it look like to write a letter to this person? And not just like put it in the mail and mail it to them, but say, hey, can I read this letter to you? I mean, that's verbal, and that shows up in our behavior, our gratitude. How do you receive someone else's gratitude? So when someone comes up to you and says, hey, thank you so much for doing that. Thank you for being there for me. How do you receive it? Maybe I think sometimes we are being humble and we say, oh, it wasn't a big deal. Don't worry about it. Or we dismiss it. That's not how Jesus received our gratitude. Jesus didn't dismiss our thanks. Jesus responded with kindness and loving words. And he said, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. So when I think about Jesus and I think about thanking him, I know he has the biggest grin on his face and he's like, daughter, you are so welcome. So when you are practicing receiving gratitude, try not to dismiss that person's thankfulness. Process it. Let it hit you. Realize that Jesus, he receives our gratitude with grace and mercy. Gratitude isn't expensive to do, friends. It's pretty free. Gratitude is a choice. Gratitude can be expressed. And our last fill-in is this, is that gratitude fuels faith. Verse 17 says, Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. The word for well here is sozo. Sozo in the Greek means to save or salvation. Sozo in some translations mean complete wholeness. It means a full life. So Jesus, he came to bring us sozo 
to bring us a full life, to bring us a complete life. So when do you think the healed leper received sozo? Was it right after he received the gift of healing? Or was it when he fell at Jesus' feet and he heard Jesus' words, rise and go, your faith has made you well. You see, our salvation is associated with gratitude. Your faith has made you well. Jesus counts our gratitude as important as faith that saves. So does your faith today give thanks? Does it? Does it really express gratitude? As followers of Jesus, we have such an advantage with gratitude. Jesus did something pretty radical 2,000 years ago, and that causes us to be incredibly grateful. So if you ever wondered what God's will for you is, you can turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. It says, rejoice always, my friends. It says to pray continually and to give thanks in what? All, every circumstance and situation. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so this story of the 10 lepers is an invitation to all of us. I think it's easy to say that we can often operate like the 90%. Jesus has blessed us incredibly. He has given us gifts and healings and miracles. And yet it's so easy for us to operate with the other nine. And so the good news in this passage is that Jesus says that we can operate fully in our gratitude with the help of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for that. I am thankful and grateful for that. And so every one of us, just like the nine and the one, received God's gracious mercy. And so today we get to operate in Sozo. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you so much for the gift of Sozo, for us being able to operate in a full and a complete life. Lord, it's easy for us to not recognize our gratitude or the gifts and the mercy that you have just lavished on us. But I believe that you are inviting each of us into a full and complete life like this healed leper. And so I want to pray for this room today. Because I'm already standing, folks, but I believe that God wants to invite us into this radical so-so. And so if you feel like you've been living in a place where God has just blessed you and gifted you, and maybe you are on your way to the priest. You've been walking to the priest for a long time. But you recognize that the one leper, your friend, realized that he's not content with just the gift. But he wants more. He wants the giver. He wants the giver of the gift. And maybe you've been here and you've been saying, you know what? I think I'm over just wanting the gift. 
I want to operate in a full, complete life of sozo. I'm already standing, folks, but I'm going to ask you to do something, not too bold, but I'm going to ask you to stand if you want to be walking in so-so, and if you want to be walking in a full and a complete life, a life that is full of salvation, full of grace, full of mercy, full of compassion, if that is something that you want deeply and you are asking Jesus to change your heart of ingratitude and you are saying, God, I need you. I need you, Holy Spirit. Cause me to begin practicing ingratitude. Cause me to be like the one healed leper who chose that, who chose to go back and fall at Jesus' feet. He honors that. He honors that. And so, God, I thank you. God, I thank you for the gift of gratitude. It is not joy that gives us gratitude, God, but you, Holy Spirit, gives us gratitude, which causes us to be joyful people. God, that is good, good news. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and you can learn more about us by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you need prayer, you can call us or email care at seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel called to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or text any amount to 84321 and follow the prompts.